Happy, happy new year. I know Tim asked about your new year's resolutions and most of us are lucky if we get to like January 10th or 11th. Um, so good luck to you this year. Uh, my name is Anthony. I'm pastor here at Free Church. It is awesome to have you here with us this morning. Uh, we are going to just have some fun today. It's a holiday, and so we don't have our evening service downtown tonight. And one, because it's a holiday, and two, because our kids' wing was flooded. Uh, we have kids in our service today as well. So if you're a parent and still brought your kids, thank you so much. And what we'd like to ask you to do, like we did a couple of weeks ago, is if you are a kid, sixth grade and under, um, come and sit up here and here if you can. We have candy canes for you. We will keep you entertained. So make sure, come on kids, right now, there's no too cool for school kids right now. Come on up, come on up, come on up. Um, yeah, have a seat guys, oh, right up here, have a seat. Oliver, you can sit up here too. If you guys are a child, we need you up front. So come on up. There will, it will make it worth your while. So come, come, keep coming up if you're a kid. Keep coming up. Joshua, you're too old. He's, he's coming up here. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Come have a seat up here. Um, keep coming, guys. If you're a kid, come on up. Um, we'll, Ladina's got some candy canes she will bring for you here in a second to keep you busy. Oh, wait, Melena's got them. Excellent. If you can't have candy canes, um, follow the leading of your conscience and the Holy Spirit. All right. Hopefully it's okay if you have them. And um, you guys, all of you can sit over here, and I promise your kids will pay better attention up here than they will sitting with you. So you, all my, this is what, how many of you grew up watching Arsenio Hall? Remember that show, Arsenio Hall? If you're like over the age of 40, Brian was like, he was the dog pound. So there was a thing called the dog pound in Arsenio Hall. This is the dog pound today. And the dog pound, whenever something good would happen, they would do this, hoo, hoo, hoo. And it was really a horrible, really cheesy thing to do. So we're going to do a, a youth group game today. Um, just because there are kids in the service, and why not? Because we can have a good time. So I need uh, three teenagers to volunteer to play a game on stage. And before these teenagers come up, I need you to pay very close attention uh, to some rules. If you are allergic to aspirin, you cannot play this game, okay? If you're allergic to aspirin, you can't play this game. If you're pregnant, nursing, or have a heart problem, you cannot play this game either, okay? So make sure you understand those things. Um, and if that's not you, it's safe to play this game. So I, can I have a couple teenagers come up and play? Or I'll do young adults too. If you're like under the age of 25, I just need three, three contestants to come up and play. I'm going to pick Chamber to come on up. Um, if you don't volunteer, you're going to get voluntold. Is Bentley here? No, he's not here. I thought I saw him. Okay. Okay. So we're going to pick uh, Milena to come up. And we're also going to pick, um, he, he's too young. Okay, we're also going to pick uh, Eric Combs to come up. <laughs> Eric, are you nursing or have any heart problems or anything? Yes, okay, you need to reconsider. So, uh, guys, can have a, have a stand on this wooden stage here. And I need all you kids to move back this way. This is the splash zone. So everybody move back. Move back, move back, keep going, keep going. And then I'm going to ask my son, Zion, to come up. He is joining us today. If you want to come up with the tools of the trade, that would be awesome. You're going to need this bucket, Milena. You might throw up. And then Chamber found these beautiful blue buckets. I was like, find something. And I was like, I think she constructed these on site. These are the bluest buckets I've ever seen. Um, so Zion is going to fill up these cups with Sprite. And uh, it's not sugar-free Sprite or diet Sprite, right? Okay, so... 
None of you guys have heart problems? Okay. None, are you allergic to aspirin? Benadryl? No. Okay. Are you allergic to penicillin? Okay. Okay. Have you ever been stung by a bee? Okay. Did you have to go to the hospital? Okay. Got it. Have you ever been bit by a, uh, a rattlesnake before? Okay. Good. Um, do you have melophilioma? Do you, Eric? No. Okay. Does anybody know what melophilioma is? Okay. Who has it? Raise your hand. Okay. I'm kidding. I kid. Okay. Okay. You guys. All right. Do you guys have life insurance? Okay. Good. You do have life insurance? Okay. All right. Have, do, you have, do you guys have a will, last will and testament? Anyone? No. Okay. Any last words you'd like to say? Uh, Milan, any last words? Uh, I don't know what to say. That's, an, that, that's not okay. Oh. Let's give it a second. Um, I love you all. It's great to be here. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. Chamber, any last words? Okay. Eric, any last words? If you're watching, hi, Mom. All right, here we go. Okay, so uh, we got these cups full of Sprite, and what we're going to do is we are going to put a Alka-Seltzer tablet in each and every one of these. Actually, this is, this is too full. It's going to go everywhere, so we need, to, we need to spill some leftovers into this cup. Okay, you can put the bucket down, Eric. Yeah, yeah, true. That is, that's a good point. So just get a little bit less. So what we're going to do is we're going to put an Alka-Seltzer tablet on all of their tongues today, and this is not going to be Catholic communion. You guys can put it on your tongue yourself. Um, and we're going to put these on your tongues. And as soon as they put it on their tongues, we'll give them just a minute to like feel disgusting with, with an Alka-Seltzer tablet on their tongue. And then we're going to have them fit as much as the Sprite into their mouth as they can. And the goal is to see which one of these fine young people can hold the Sprite and the Alka-Seltzer pressure in their mouth the longest. You guys understand? You kids understand? Okay, so this game is called Spew, okay? S-P-E-W, Spew. There are ways to cheat and spew. And if any of you cheat, um, you will be spit out of the mouth of Jesus, okay? <laughs> so what's important is, one, you cannot swallow the air, okay? Are, are you, you agree you will not swallow the air. You can't swallow it. You can't force it down. No swallowing. Number two, you cannot open up the passage between your, um, between your throat and your nose and let the air come out of your nose, okay? Some of you are really good at things like that. Chamber, um, you cannot allow any of the pressure to come out of your gills, okay? Make sure you keep it inside. And so it's very important. Pure pressure in your mouth, no swallowing, no, no tricks, no out of your ears, no out of your tear ducts, okay? We just have to hold it in as long as you can. And when you feel it's time to spew... I mean, look right into that camera, okay? And then you're going you're gonna to projectile spew into these buckets. And we actually need some people to hold buckets. So, kids, who wants to hold buckets for you? Okay, come on up. You can hold a bucket. Okay, go hold Eric's bucket there in the blue. All right, who else? What, okay, Ivan, come on up. You're going to hold Chambers' bucket. Anybody else want to hold a bucket? Yeah, Paisley, you want to hold a bucket? Okay, Sonia, come on up. Hurry, get up here. Okay, come on up. Yeah, come hold the bucket. Okay, you're going to hold, you're going to hold uh, Milena's bucket, okay? So it's really important when it's time to, for them to throw it up, you've got to make sure that this bucket is in their mouth, okay? You know, if you pull it away, you're fired, okay? Okay, so can we have some, we, we have some music here in a second, all right? We'll give you a second to have some music. We're going to play Spew. Alka-Seltzer is very good for you as long as you don't have melophilioma, are allergic to aspirin, are breastfeeding pregnant, or have allergies to bees or to any type of penicillin or any other thing, okay? God, we thank you for this time that we're having this morning. Lord, as we enter this new year, we thank you for, for the year of 2023. 
God, may the word that we speak today uh, bless those who are here and honor your name. Um, God, I pray that the best man or woman would win this game and that you would lead us into a fantastic new year. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, okay, so Zion, go ahead and hand each one of them a Alka-Seltzer tablet, and don't put it on your mouth yet. Uh, let's, let's just start with one. Let's get some loud music here going. We've got one tablet, and I'll tell you guys, we'll count to three as to when to put this in your mouth. So, all right, you guys feel the beat? A little louder, Abraham, I can't hear a thing, or whoever's running. All right, get ready to worship to this music, okay? It's going to be jazz stuff, smooth jazz as you put this on your tongue. One, two, put the Alka-Seltzer on your tongue. All right, just taste it, feel it. Just let it, let it sink in. Let it massage your breakfast down in your stomach. Feel, feel the tickle on the back of your throat. Remember what you ate last night? All right, and on the count of three, I want you to lift up that smooth jazz sprite. And in three, two, one, put it all in. Oh, nope, all in. Okay, there you go. Everybody, okay, you're good. So hold it in as long as you can. No letting it come out your nose. No, no letting it come out your eye sockets or your ears. Oh, Milena, just let it. Oh, no, Eric's. Oh, oh, Milena wins. Milena wins. All right. All right. All right. That's it. That's it. That's it. So have a seat. Nothing else. So, Milena, as a prize today, um, as you prepare to start your next term at Corbin University and take to your dorm, you can take this Alka-Seltzer home with you. Milena, get over here. We got Alka-Seltzer for you. And we also have a uh, eight-tenths full uh, two-liter of Sprite. There's no lid on it, so hold on tight, all right? All right, give these guys a hand. Well done. All right, so you guys enjoy your candy cane. So how many of you have ever eaten something that you had to spit out of your mouth before? Ever eaten something disgusting you ever had to spit out of your mouth? So what is something that you had to spit out of your mouth? Okay, your dad wants to make sure this is church appropriate, okay? Lasagna. What? Lasagna's great. Your mom must make really bad lasagna. Who else? Uh, Okay, what what, what did you have that was disgusting? Mashed potatoes. Like green beans and mashed potatoes? Just straight up beans. Pinto beans and mashed potatoes? Okay, good. What about you, Ivan? Also beans. What? Okay. What? Okay. Potatoes. Just potatoes, huh? Okay. Anybody ever eat something really disgusting on purpose before? David, did you? I know you've eaten some things you probably weren't allowed to. What? What's? So something that I didn't really like was um, in Bean Boozled, there were there are jelly beans that I don't really like. Thank you, Lord, for keeping that appropriate. Okay, so jelly beans. Yeah, there's some bad flavors of jelly beans. So there's things that just should not be eaten. I'm a very picky eater, so there's things that I I wouldn't even put in my mouth. Um, I wouldn't even have to spit it out. But there's some stuff that's really gross. How many of you have ever had a colonoscopy before? All you old people, raise your hand. Colonoscopy. That is the worst thing you'll ever have to drink is the fluid that you have to prepare your intestines for for a colonoscopy. And something else that is just horrible, um, we used to play games when I was a youth pastor and we would pass around lunch bags, kind of hot potato style, and you'd have to eat what was ever inside and you can get some really great things in there, spam, tuna, sardines. Uh, But there's always the amazing, uh, in Salem we're blessed with just an amazing, beautiful Hispanic community and so there's always a great Mexican cooking section at like Winco or Food for Less or stores like that. And um, in Mexico, they have these little dried shrimp that you put like a, 
something on it. I don't know what it is, but it's one of the grossest things you could ever have. It's basically like eating solid pee. Don't ever have it, kids. Uh, <laughs> so there's a lot of gross food that you spit out. How many of you have ever put something in your mouth that is so hot you had to spit it out before? So hot. Like, what, what was some of the things you guys had? To, Paisley, what did you have to spit out? It was so hot. I won't even put the mic in front of your mouth. What was it? Takis are too spicy. They were so hot. Okay. What about you? Hot chocolate. So hot you had to spit it out of your mouth. You? Hot chocolate. Yeah? Hot chocolate. Yeah. Hot chocolate, coffee. Sometimes it's so hot you have to spit it out of your mouth. Um, sometimes it's just food. It's so hot you have to spit it out of your mouth. And typically like rice will hold on so much heat um, that it is too hot to contain. And so I want to talk with you from the subject this morning called um, lukewarm. Say, if you guys could say that with me, lukewarm. Go say that word, lukewarm. It's one word. It's not two. It's not the name Luke, but lukewarm. And lukewarm, lukewarm essentially means, Brian, you're just going to stand there and let me struggle. Will you tighten that up for me? Okay, lukewarm means not hot. It means it's, it's not cold, but it's not just right. It's a temperature that is just not good lukewarm some food is actually better lukewarm uh, pizza is actually better lukewarm sometimes my opinion lasagna he said he had to spit it out lasagna is pretty good if it's like three days old and all the flavor has settled in and you heat it up it's not hot it's not cold it's just lukewarm it's actually better but there's some food you don't ever want to eat lukewarm lukewarm steak would be pretty disgusting lukewarm chicken pretty disgusting. It's okay cold. It's okay hot. It's not okay lukewarm. So we're looking at this passage of scripture that is found in Revelation chapter 3. The first three chapters of Revelation, Jesus is sending a message to seven churches. And these seven churches are in the country today we would call Turkey. Back then it was called Asia Minor. And so Jesus is sending a message through the apostle John, and he's telling these churches, here's what you're doing good. Here's some things that are not going good, and here's some things you need to work on. Here is how you can strive and achieve a life of strong faith and reward in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to read Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 20, and I will need a kid or two who is willing to read out loud. Do I have a couple? Okay, so guys, come on up on stage. You three, come on up. Come, come, just stand right here with me, and we're going to read through Revelation 3, 14 through 20. If there's tough words, I will tell you what they are. Uh, I'm going to start off. Okay, so here we go. We're reading Revelation. Jesus says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write this. The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness. The beginning of God's creation. So Jesus says, The church in Laodicea, I'm writing this letter to you. We don't have time to talk about who this angel is But I do want to point out when Jesus says the beginning of God's creation, what he's saying, and John wrote this earlier in his gospel, that Jesus was the means by which the universe was created. He is the word of God. Jesus has created all things. He's the beginning. And so go ahead. I want you to read verse uh, 15 and 16. So can you read those words, this little section here? Okay, go for it. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were neither cold nor hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold will spit out, out of my mouth. Interesting. There's that word, huh? Lukewarm. Yeah. 
He says, you're not cold, you're not hot. I know your works. They're not cold, they're not hot, but because they're lukewarm, Jesus tells this church, I will spit you out of my mouth. Thanks so much. Have a seat. Okay, your turn. You're going to read verse number 17, this part right here, okay? For you say, I am rich, I have proposed, and I need nothing, not realizing that you wretched, uh, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Yeah, he says, I say, you guys are saying you're rich, you're prospered, you don't need anything, but you're actually in trouble, is what Jesus is saying. Thanks so much. Okay, come on up. Verse 18, it's this, can you read that one right there? See it? I uh, counsel you to uh, buy from uh, uh, refined by uh, so that you, uh, and uh, why, so that uh, uh, yourself and uh, your uh, mind not be seen and your eyes so that you see. Thank you, Ivan, so much. Okay. So then, uh, Sonia, you want to come up and read something? Okay, I thought so. Okay. So then in verse 19, Jesus says, those whom I love, I reprove and I discipline. He says, be zealous or be passionate and repent. And this is where we get the verse, verse 20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my, hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. So let's read this real quickly all together. Um, not you read it out loud, but you, I'm just going to read it all together quickly and pay close attention. Uh, I've got the whole verse. We'll read it on the screen in front of you online or here in-house. In so it says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea write this, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my, what kids? Mouth. Spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. So I counsel you to buy from, the gold, buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich and white garments, so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and to buy salve or ointment to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So this is a real church about 2,000 years ago, a city called Laodicea in Turkey, and they've got some problems. This church thinks that they've got it all together. This church thinks they don't need anything. They're all that. They've got all that they need. They're telling everyone, hey, we're rich. We're prosperous. Look at all we've done. We don't need anything. But this church actually seems to be completely indifferent to their relationship with Jesus. This church seems to be completely apathetic, not taking their relationship with Jesus Christ seriously, not taking their mission, their calling, and their identity as a church very seriously. Basically, what this church is thinking is we've got all we need. And if we've got all we need, why would we need Jesus? We've got a roof over our head. We've got clothes on our body. We've got food on our table. We've got everything we want. Why on earth would we need Jesus? And so this church in Laodicea, they're still calling themselves Christians, 
But I think we can all say, because of Jesus' message, they're certainly not on fire for Jesus. So what Jesus is doing in this message, if, if we're just reading it now 2,000 years later, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but here's what Jesus is doing. You see, in this city, Laodicea, there was a muddy river that was called the Lycus River. Um, I know in our area, we have what's called Mill Creek. I know some of you guys live in Almsville, Turner, Mill Creek runs through there, and some of you um, live in Salem, Mill Creek runs through. How many of you would like to drink out of Mill Creek? Um, it is not very clean. How many of you would like to drink out of the Willamette River? Okay, this is like the worst mistake you could make. How many of you don't even want to swim in the Willamette River? Yeah, you might come out with extra body parts. It's not clean. It's not pretty. So the Lycus River is like this. So there's this river that runs through. And so this city, it got its water supply from hot springs. And if you look up Laodicea on Google and hot springs, these hot springs are pretty amazing. But the hot springs were five miles away from Laodicea, and so there was a, uh, an aqueduct or piping that went all the way from the hot springs for five miles into the city, and this is where they would get their drinking supply. Now, the Lycus River, it may have been kind of cool and refreshing, but it wasn't. It was muddy. It wasn't cool. It was not clean to drink. The hot spring was cleaner, but by the time it got to the city, it wasn't hot anymore. It wasn't cold. It was just lukewarm. And drinking lukewarm water, I don't really mind, but I know a lot of you, you just won't drink water unless it's cold. And they didn't have ice readily available during this time. They didn't have refrigeration, so the water was just warm that they had to bathe and drink with. And so Jesus is comparing their faith to these waters. He's comparing it to the undrinkable Lycus River, and he's comparing it for the lukewarm water that came from the hot spring. What Jesus is saying is water is good when it's cold, and water is good when it's hot. When it's hot, it's purifying, it can cook, it can clean. When it's cold, it's refreshing, it's quenching to your thirst, it helps you stay hydrated. But lukewarm water, if you had to describe lukewarm water with one word, the word would be this. Blech. Lukewarm water is just, blech. I'll drink it if I have to. Lukewarm water is not desirable. Lukewarm water is not refreshing. Lukewarm water is not effective at cleaning. It's not very good to drink. And oftentimes, if you take a drink of lukewarm water, you spit it out of your mouth. How many of you have ever reached for a cup before and taken a drink, but you realize that you grabbed the wrong cup and it had a completely different type of drink in it before? That's, that's really weird. One of the weirdest experiences would be like drinking something very thick like a milkshake, but you reach over and you accidentally take a drink of like Diet Pepsi and you're just like, Bleh! even though you might like Diet Pepsi, you weren't expecting it in your mouth, so you spew it out. And so lukewarm water is just not good. What Jesus wants is he wants this church to be hot or cold. He doesn't want them to be lukewarm. He doesn't want them to be complacent. He doesn't want them to be apathetic. He doesn't want them to be indifferent to their relationship with Jesus. He does not want them to be boastful, and he doesn't want them to deny their continued need for grace. This church thought they were all that, but they weren't. And so Jesus tells them, this is what I want you to do. He, he says, I want you to buy gold refined in the fire. That seems like a strange thing to say. But here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, I want you to give everything that you have to your relationship with me. Jesus is saying, I want you to spend all that you've got on me. 
Jesus is saying, I want you to take all of your time, your energy, your resources, and I want you to invest it into your relationship, into your obedience to me. I want you to give everything you have to follow me. In fact, Jesus, many times when he asked people to follow him, he said, hey, go sell all your stuff and give it to the poor and then come and follow me. And oftentimes people were not willing to go. Jesus said, who would ever come after me, he would pick up his cross, he would deny himself, he would be willing to die, and then he would come after me and follow me. And so Jesus says, if you give everything that you have to your relationship with me, then you will find true wealth in relationship with me. Jesus says, if you're willing to give everything that you have to your relationship with me, then you can have confidence in my righteousness. Then you cannot be naked with shame and condemnation, but you can be clean and covered and forgiven. Jesus is saying if you would give everything that you have, then you could see clearly. Then you could discern what's good and what's appropriate. And he says, if your faith is lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. But what he means is this, is that if you're not doing what I want you to do, Jesus is saying, if I have a relationship with you, but you're not following me, Jesus says, I'm going to discipline you. I'm going to reprove you. How many of your parents discipline you when when you get in trouble? Is it okay if we ask what you do to discipline them? (laughs) Yeah. So how many of your parents discipline you? How many of you have been put in timeout before? Timeout is for wussies. Okay. How many of you have ever had to stand in the corner before? Okay. How many of you have ever been grounded from your phone before? How many of you have been grounded from your switch before? Yeah. How many of you have been grounded from TV before? How many of you have been grounded from life itself before? Yeah. So we tell our kids, hey, I'm, I'm only disciplining you because I love you because we don't want our kids to grow up to be arrogant punks, right? We, we want our kids to grow up with responsibility and knowing what it is they need to do to be functioning members of society. And so Jesus is saying, what's going to happen is if you're not following me, you're going to be outside of my blessing. You're going to be outside of my protection. And when Jesus disciplines us and when Jesus reproves us, it's because he wants us to see where we're wrong. He wants us to repent of our sin because God disciplines those he loves. The reason God disciplines us is because he loves us. As Christians, God doesn't punish us. Because Jesus was already punished for our sin. But as Christians, God does discipline us so that we can see how we need to be closer to him. And so after being spit out of the mouth of Jesus, metaphorically in this verse, Jesus says, once I do that, guess where I'm going to be? I'm going to be right back at your heart, knocking and asking to, be come, to come in. But when you let me come in this time, I don't want to be a guest. When you let me come in this time, I don't just want to stay in the living room. When you let me come in this time, I want to be able to access every part of your house, not as a guest, not even as a resident, but I want to be Lord of your house. So would you let me in? And if you'd let me in, I'd come in. I would eat with you and you could eat with me. And so Jesus is looking for hearts that are open. Jesus is looking for hearts that are receptive. Jesus are looking for hearts that are open to him, that are not lukewarm towards him. Jesus is looking for hearts that are on fire for him. Do you know what it means for your heart to be on fire? Your heart being on fire means you're passionate. You're excited about something. Jesus wants you to be passionate about him. How many of you kids have ever had a crush before on a a boy or a girl? A a crush. Ivan, have you? Okay, yeah. David, do you want to share who it was with? Okay. Jesus helped this conversation. Okay, okay, you can pause. I I don't want to incriminate you, David, okay? We don't want to blow your chances with this, this girl. 
that you, you got a crush on. But if you had a crush on someone, it's like your heart's on fire for them, right, Paisley? It's like, it's like you really are passionate about someone and you get excited and there's, there's butterflies in your stomach when you think about this person you like, right, Sonia? No, she doesn't know what this is. Three years, you will. So Jesus wants a heart open and on fire. So let's get into some application as, as we start to think about this new year, okay? If you walk away with anything today, kids, here's what I want you to walk away with, okay? Is that Jesus wants all of you. And for us as a whole church, kids and adults, Jesus wants every portion. Jesus wants all of us. Jesus does not want our leftovers. How many of you, if, if you were inviting a special guest over to your house, you would bring out your best leftovers? Like the, the leftovers that you've had all week. Uh, my son and daughter-in-law, I think they like leftovers more than firstovers. They, they love leftovers, especially Abby. Um, it's like, do you really want to eat pho four days later? I don't think it's good for breakfast, but whatever. Um, you don't serve your, your precious guest leftovers. You want to give them your first and your best. And this is what God wants from us in 2024, church. God wants our first and our best. He wants our first and he wants our best. But many of us, we say we have a relationship with Jesus, but we don't even give Jesus our leftovers. And that's because we don't have anything left over to give. We spent all of our energy, all of our focus, all of our time, all of our relationship, all of our love, all of our resources on everything else but Jesus. And our eyes get fixed on something else. And Jesus wants our eyes to be fixed on him. And we say we love you, Jesus, but we don't even give him our leftovers or our second best. We leave Jesus with absolutely nothing because we have nothing left to give. Jesus wants us to give it all. And we give everything to every other thing but him and many of us as christians if we had to be honest with ourselves and if we had to give ourselves a self-assessment we would have to say that we are lukewarm at best some of us would be lucky just to be lukewarm but some of us are just lukewarm at best and so here's here's what i want you to know jesus isn't looking for an apathetic church Jesus isn't looking for an indifferent church. Jesus isn't looking for a stagnant church. Jesus isn't looking for a Christian in name only church. Jesus is not looking for an arrogant church, a self-righteous church, a self-reliant church. Jesus is not looking for a worldly church. Jesus is not looking for a wretched church who takes advantage of his grace. Jesus is not looking for a church that lives uncovered in the shame and condemnation of intentional, uh, perpetual, unrepentant sin. Jesus is not looking for a blind church, unable to see what's right in front of them, unable to see what's good and acceptable in his sight because their eyes are fixed on the world. Jesus is not looking for a church whose faith is dead due to its lack of obedience, good works, service, giving, evangelism, and impact on their community. When Jesus returns and when the Spirit of Jesus is here right now with us, he's not looking for a lukewarm church. Jesus is actually looking for a church that's on fire for him. Jesus is looking for a church that is purifying, that is burning, that is refined. Jesus is looking for a church that is righteous, not in self-righteousness, but in his imparted righteousness. Jesus is looking for a church that is loving and passionate, obedient and willing to give it all. Jesus is looking for a church that's not lukewarm, but a church that is actually hot. Jesus is looking for a church that is refreshing like cold water. 
restoring to the soul, flowing in the power of the Holy Spirit, life-giving, quenching to the thirst of a dehydrated world. Jesus is looking for a church that's refreshing like cold water, which is filled with the good taste of the Lord because the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And Jesus is looking for a church that is filled with springs of living water that cannot run dry. That's what he's looking for. Melana, do you want to do a candy cane check on these guys? See if anybody needs another one. Ivan, you still with me? Okay. So focus, guys. Jesus is looking for a church like this. What kind of church will we be? What kind of church will we be? What kind of Christian will we be? What kind of father will you be in 2024? What kind of wife will you be in 2024? What kind of single young adult will you be in 2024? What kind of child will you be to your parents and to Jesus in 2024? What kind of church will we actually be? Will we be a church? Will we be Christians who are willing to give it all to Christ? Will we be a church that lets him have access to every part of our heart? Will we be a church on fire for Jesus? Or will we be a church who thinks we're fine on our own? We get by. We have enough. We've got all we need. Why would we need to push in? Why would we need Jesus when we've got all the things that we want? I've got Netflix to keep me busy. I've got Uber Eats to bring me food. I've got a job I can work at from home. What, what else do I need? We need a relationship. We need each other. We need Jesus. We need, we need him. So many of you, you push in when you need something, and you pull away when you've got it. I, I've been a pastor for 20 years, and the, I've noticed these patterns over the years, and here's a couple of things I noticed things I notice when people disappear from church. When they, when they stop showing up at church, it's, it's usually because they got a new job. That's a very common thing. Why is that? I don't understand fully. I've got some ideas. Get a new job, get a raise, get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, have a kid, and they pull away. People don't usually pull away when things are going bad. There are often people I've seen in, in years of ministry that they come around every couple of years, and, and nothing against them. I'm glad they're here, but I notice they come around, and I know, oh, things aren't going well for them right now. And so should I reject them because they only go to church when things aren't going well? Absolutely not. We should embrace them, love them, serve them, pray for them, minister to them, encourage them to keep striving for their faith. And when things get good, God's still good. When things get good, you need Jesus every bit as much as you do when things are bad. In fact, what I've noticed in my life is I need Jesus a lot more when things are good because when things are good, I can get so self-reliant and dependent that I need Jesus to reprove and to discipline me to keep my eyes focused and fixed on him all over again. So many of you, you use God as if he's a genie, as if he is a Santa Claus that gives you something that you want. And you push in when you need him, and you pull away when you don't, and you're lukewarm as, at best. I, I think this church, and I think most churches I know of, have a lot of lukewarm Christians in them. I believe many of us are completely apathetic. I believe many of us are completely indifferent and completely complacent. Some of you are here this morning just because it's the right thing to do. Because it's Sunday morning, we go to church. That's what we do. Some of you go to church because you need something right now in your life. 
Some of you, maybe most of you, go to the church because the weather is just right. It's not hot. It's not cold. It's not really rainy. It's not really windy. Some of you go to church because the sports season is just right. We're right in between football and baseball. We're right in between basketball. We're right in between these soccer seasons. And some of you come to church because you don't have anything better to do on this Sunday, but maybe next Sunday you will. Some of you don't go to church because you got, you got family in town for the holidays. Well, bring them to church with you. Some of you don't go to church because this or this or this. And our goal is not to be in church. Our goal is to be in relationship with Jesus. But to be in relationship with Jesus, we need each other and we need the church. And as your pastor, I find myself being so lukewarm in so many areas because I get so fixated and focused on doing the right thing or doing what I'm supposed to do or, or doing what I've been called to do or I get so focused on doing ministry, which seems super spiritual. Well, I neglect the way more important things in my faith like personal relationship with Jesus Christ. What is God calling you to in 2024? This year has to be different. This year has to be different. I don't want to live like I did in 2023. That doesn't mean you had a bad year by any means. But let me be the first to say, I don't want to live like I did in 2023. How many of you don't want to live like you did in 2023? I don't. I want to live for something better. I want to live for something more. Sadly, that means that 2024 might be less comfortable. It might be less happy. But I want to live for something better in 2024. This year, we have to be different. This year, we have to decide as a church, and this is for those part of our free church family. Listen carefully. We have to decide as a church, will we be the Coast Guard or will we be the Yacht Club? There's this, this DNA statement we have as a church. It says we are the Coast Guard, not the Yacht Club. It's not about us and being comfortable. It's about reaching those who are perishing without Christ. It's about exponentially growing his kingdom. The moment it becomes about us is the moment it stops being about Jesus Christ. You know what would be easy? What would be easy for us to do as a church? Um, it'd be easy for us to abandon our church downtown. That would be real easy. be super easy. It'd be very easy if we sang more hymns on Sunday morning because it would bring in more money from old people who like hymns. I'm, I'm being honest with you. That would be easy. It would be easy to be um, almost fakely more charismatic because that would bring in people who like that. That would be easy. It would be easy to have church on Sunday and to go home on Sunday at 11.30 a.m. and not think about church again. It would be easy, so easy, to lead a church of apathetic Christians. There are people who are wealthy because that's the exact kind of church that they lead. That's, I want nothing to do with it. We have to decide what would be not easy, but we don't do easy things. We're not called to do easy things. We're card, called to do hard things. We're called to do the right thing, and the right thing is reaching people, period. Pastor, why, why do you want to reach people? Why, why do you want our church to grow? Why, why do we need to be doing this and this? Because people are going to hell without relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, period. And if we don't get that, we, I don't even know if we get it for ourselves. We're called to do the right thing, and we have to get on board as a church. We have to start doing things together again as a church family. We have to be in this together. I, I have no desire to do this church thing by myself. I have no desire to, to be the one to show up and do all the work and, and no one else comes along. This is a all-in type of thing. This is not let's let a few people just do all the work while we enjoy 
the fruit of their labor. This has to be about Jesus. It's got to be together. And so we'll wrap up our time here this morning with a couple of things I'm going to invite you to as a church in in 2024. So for the next two months, you're going to notice an enormous push on these things that we just talked about. We're going to be taking part in some things as a church to turn our temperature up, to to turn our temperature up so it's not cold, so it's not lukewarm, but but it's hot. And I want to talk to the men in our church for a second. It has to start with you. It has to start with you. Say, Pastor, are men better than women? Are are men the only ones supposed to be doing ministry? No, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying for some reason, God ordained it that if husbands and fathers and men would lead their families, that they would follow. That's just how it is. And it has to start with men. If, If men don't rise up and stand up to do something, women will, and they'll be blessed for it. But so many men will miss out on the opportunity that God has called them to lead and to move forward and to take part in women with doing the work of the ministry. It's got to start with men. So I want to call on you if you're a part of this church or even if you're not, if you're watching online, I want to call on you to join me uh, for the first 30 days of this year uh, in a fast. And in fact, if you want to go real hardcore, um, I want to call some of you to fast with me for 36 and a half days. You say, why 36 and a half days? Because that's 10% of the year. And at the beginning of the year, I want to encourage some of you to give God your first and your best, a tithe on the year as a whole. 36 and a half days, that takes us to about February the 6th. To give that time to Jesus, to fast. You might say, well, what should we fast from? I'm asking you for 36 and a half days to not eat or drink water at all. No, I'm kidding. You fast from whatever you feel called to fast from. For some of you, it might be coffee. For some of you, it might be sugar. For some of you, it might be whatever, alcohol, video games, whatever it is. That's between you and God. But if it doesn't hurt, it's not fasting, okay? I'm going to fast from Brussels sprouts for the entire year. I'm so holy. Look at me. No, I don't. I'd rather spew Brussels sprouts out of my mouth. If it hurts, then you're getting close to it being fasting. Fasting means denying yourself of something that you depend on in order to show your dependence on God. And if it hurts, when you stop doing it, that means you're on the right track. And I want to call you to fast for 30 days to get your eyes open and fixed on Jesus, to get your hearts prepared for what he wants to do with your hearts. And I want to call you to give God your first and your best through fasting during the month of January. And what I want to invite you to do is to read through the book of Proverbs together as a church for the next 31 days. Why? Because Proverbs has 31 chapters. Bing. Is it more spiritual than that? Pastor? No, it's not. It's God's word. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. They're incredibly short. Everyone can read through Proverbs during the month of January. So while you fast, I want to call you to read this ancient book of wisdom inspired by the Lord himself. I want you to not just focus on your walk with Jesus as you fast, but I want you to ask yourself, what are your next steps at Free Church? What are your next steps at this church? How can I serve? How can I get plugged in? How can I get connected? How can I support the work of the ministry here at this church? How can I help this church grow this year? How how can I take the next step in my faith and in my church family? During this time, um, over the next 31 days, uh, myself with some of our pastoral team will be hosting uh, some online devotions on Mondays at 7 and on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at noon. 
During these online devotions for the month of January, we will be focusing on what we talked about back in October. We're going to spend some time purging, repenting of sin, praising the name of Jesus, pursuing his presence, focusing on preaching, meaning reading the word of God here, Proverbs. We're going to focus on bringing our prayers before God, asking God to respond in power, and asking us to be at peace with our neighbors and within our own hearts. These will be interactive, so you can ask questions, you can share them, you can comment, we can study the Bible together Mondays at 7, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at noon. Next, uh, God put this strongly on my heart. You asked, well, Pastor, if it's, if it's, what's something that's difficult? Well, here's something God put on my heart that I don't know how it's going to work out, but I got to be obedient. God told me um, to visit every household in this church this month. And so as your pastor, I want to come knocking on your door, um, but I want you to invite me. So if you'd like me and some of our pastoral team or me and my wife to come to your house and pray a prayer of blessing over your house, over your family, over your children for the year 2024, that's something I am committing the month of January to, and I would love to go and just spend a couple of, I'm going to say a couple of hours, that's a little extreme, um, a couple of moments with you. Let's let the Lord lead our time. But if you would like to have myself, my wife, or myself, and a few of our associate or assistant pastors come visit you in your home, pray over your household this year, I really feel strongly that God's calling me to do that. If you'd like to do that, you can register on our app. If you go to our app to registrations, someone will contact you in the next two weeks to arrange a time, or you can just simply email us at info at freechurchlive.com. So you can email or register on our app. Um, I won't seek after you. I need you to register for that, and I'll go, and I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over your home. That makes sense? I feel strongly to do that. If, if it's a hundred of you, if it's 200 of you, if it's three of you, I don't care. God's calling me just to go. Let's start this year off right in prayer. Next is this. Um, we're going to be encouraging connection opportunities because the one thing that our, our society has lost, especially in the Pacific Northwest post-COVID, is community. So we're going to be hosting some community things. You'll be seeing opportunities to connect more. And um, growing up in church, one thing that brought out community and things that could be spewed out of your mouth very often was potlucks. And I started asking people, like, would you be interested in having a church potluck? And people were like, heck yeah, absolutely. Like, I've seen some people this week get way more excited about having a potluck as a church than they would about having a Bible study or a church service or a worship. Not like, we're in for eating strangers' food. And so... What we will be doing, and this is, again, we need everybody on board for this. On Sunday, January 21st, we're going to be having an old-school, old-fashioned, get your brothers and sisters in Christ together and sing a Hootenanny song potluck at January 21st at 5 p.m. That's a Sunday here at our Sunnyside campus. Here's what we're asking you to do. If you're, if you're a single man or a young adult, listen very carefully, okay? Chips, popcorn, um... Chips, chips, pretzels, chips, cookies that you bought from the Safeway Deli. That is not something you bring to a potluck, okay? We're asking you to bring a warm dish, an entree, something that you would eat for dinner. And if you are from an interesting culture, which all of us are from some interesting cultures, we're asking you to bring a dish from your culture, okay? That should bring some good food. We're asking you to bring a dish from your culture. We're asking everyone to bring an entree to share. We will provide the dessert so that way 
no one shows up with a plastic case of cookies, okay? We will provide the drinks. That way no one shows up with a, a Sam Select Cola and be like, I brought, my, I brought my thing. No, everybody brings a warm dish. And if you would like to bring more, if you'd like to bring an appetizer or a salad or a soup in addition to the main dish, have at it. How many of you are looking forward to that? January 21st, old school potluck. Um, wear your most old-fashioned church attire. We're going to have a great time. Watch out for some impromptu men's and women's activities. We will have some impromptu men's and women's activities during the month of January. And again, we need opportunities to connect for the fellas and also for the ladies. I think that's a cool group of fellas and ladies. I've never wanted a blue shirt more in my life, and I've never thought women should have white shirts more than I do right now. So there are going to be some opportunities. Um, finally, beginning in February, here's something you need to know. Um, in the month of February, we will begin hosting worship nights every Saturday night to worship. We'll be inviting some other churches. We will be inviting some guest worship leaders. But worship nights strictly to focus on worship, prayer, ministry to the body. And I will be contacting some of you to share your testimony at this worship night. God's put on my heart some people I want to hear you share your testimony before the body and before the body of Christ in our city. But we'll be hosting worship nights every Saturday night in the month of February at 6 p.m. And that will be taking place um, starting on February the 3rd. And on February the 3rd, we will be having a party for free church family only. So this is actually something that won't be for guests like the potluck. But uh, we'll have on February the 3rd, Saturday at 6 p.m., we're going to have a dinner that our church will be providing you. So not a potluck, but we'll be providing you a meal, and we want to show you our new downtown facility. So God has blessed us as we've been meeting at the Reed Opera House over the last couple of months, but it was also a lot of obstacles meeting there, and God has opened a door this uh, week, actually, specifically on Friday, for us to start meeting on the corner of Liberty and Ferry. Uh, this is what was the old Connection Life Church building, uh, a church that does international ministry now and no longer does um, church services on Sunday. But there has been a church meeting there Sunday morning called uh, Victory Life's Church from a, a much different church culture than ours. Um, they have a bishop that presides over this particular church on Sunday, and they've invited us to use this building two days a week, the entire building, it has a sanctuary. We'll be able to keep all of our sound equipment up all week. If you've been helping set up at the Reed Opera House, say amen, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. Um, but our stuff will be set up. It is much more comfortable, much more accommodating. There's a stage. There's great lighting. There's air conditioning. There's heat. It is acoustically an amazing room, and there is the coolest, most beautiful kids room you've ever seen in Salem, and I guarantee that. So we're going to be starting kids ministry in downtown Salem as well. And so we have a, several kids rooms that we can use, and it's way cheaper than what we were paying at the Reed. Everything is put together for us to launch on March the 3rd. The first Sunday in March, we'll be hosting our, our downtown services, not on Sunday, uh, but on Saturday at 6 p.m. at this location. How many of you, you were a part of Fellowship Church, which we used to be called when we had Saturday night services. Anybody were apart when we had Saturday night? Saturday night was without question our best service that we had ever a week. And so there will be a different culture, a different feel about it. It's gonna be amazing. And every single Saturday night, we will have an after party. 
And so this will be a great opportunity, whether you attend church on Sunday or Saturday, to join at a bowling alley, to join at a restaurant, to join um, just hanging out with each other. We'll be blocks away from the Riverfront Park, things that we can do together as a church family over the course of the year. And you say, well, why Saturday night? And that's because a ton of feedback from you. You said, we don't really like Sunday night because we have to wake up early the next morning to go to school or to go to work. Uh, we'd rather meet on Saturday. And so we're going to start this February the 3rd, Saturday night, 6 o'clock, all month, worship nights on Liberty and Ferry, and then Saturday night church services in March, Liberty and Ferry at 6 p.m. It's a super nice building. But on February the 3rd, for our first worship nights, come. We'll have childcare for you. We'll feed you dinner. At 4 o'clock, we want to show you around the building. We'll give you a tour. We'll pray over this building as a church. And we'll invite you to take part in what we're doing. Um, Ryan Doherty is going to be heading up getting this facility ready for us. And so we will need a lot of help during the month of January to get set up so we're not setting up every single week and tearing down every single week. And we need to choose to be a part of that this particular year. So if you heard that, would you say amen? That's what's going on. So uh, one more thing you can be in prayer about is our kids' wing was flooded, as you know here. That's one reason why our kids are in the service today. Um, the remediation of the downstairs, we're hoping it should be done within the next several weeks so we can resume kids again very soon. Um, it should be uh, well before we start kids downtown. We should be ready to go downstairs. If you want to just go peek downstairs, and if you are not a child listening to my voice right now, and if you're an adult that would like to peek downstairs, go have a peek. It's interesting. Um, but we get to start off with a clean slate downstairs. We had brand new carpet flooded, but we get new carpet again. Amen? And so uh, carpet, walls, it's an awesome opportunity to rethink how we do some ministry. So uh, would you stand with me? Ryan's going to come up, close us out in a couple of songs. He's not even up here. How many of you will promise this year that you will respond to the question, what kind of Christian do I want to be in 2024? How many of you, with agreement, you say, that's me, I will consider, what kind of Christian do I want to be? And then finally, would you ask yourself the question, what kind of church do we want to be? And, and will we choose to connect? Will we choose to be in fellowship? Will we choose to serve? Will we choose to worship together? Will we choose to reach a city together? Will we choose to serve our kids and our youth? These are the things we must decide. So I'm going to pray over us. If you'd like prayer as we sing, um, I will be up front with some of our pastors. We'd love to pray over you. We'll have a special time of prayer and ministry as we get ready to close out. But let's pray together now. God, we give you this time. We thank you for the word you've given. We thank you for these plans you've pushed us towards we thank you, Lord Jesus, for an opportunity to worship and to praise, to come together at the close of this year and with anticipation for the next. God bless this time of worship in Jesus' name.